Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of Two Geeks in a Sarlacc Pit. I'm Sam. And I'm Solomon, your reluctant co-host. And today, we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 11 of Star Wars The Clone Wars, entitled Kidnapped. Now, as you all know, this is a novel by Robert Louis Stevenson about a young boy who was taken um, by his uncle and kidnapped and sold to pirates um, in um, hopes... Uh, 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 um. Okay. It is a, young, a story about a young boy who, in order to steal his inheritance, his uncle goes, kidnaps him, and tries to get him killed. Um, nope. Not that either. Okay, it's a story about a young boy by Robert nope. Louis Stevenson. Okay. Um, it is a television series that came out a couple of years ago about a young woman, uh, wife of a politician, who mysteriously disappears. Nope. Okay, it is a common um, practice of crime and villainy in order to ransom people. <laughs> nope. Okay, please tell me it is not the title of an episode of that stupid television show called The Clone Wars that you make us watch every week. Okay, I, I won't. Excellent, so what is it? I can't say. Very well, so we're done with this and I can go back to playing um, Arkham City... And um, Marvel vs. Capcom Ultimate 3? If you so choose. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, that was a fun little vacation. Now, <laughs> um, on to Season 4, Episode 11 of Star Wars The Clone Wars, <clears throat> entitled Kidnapped. And here, with a reluctant, spoiler full plot summary. In my typical tradition, I can only begin this with the following pronouncement. We are about to release spoilers, as in, spoiler alert. This episode begins with the Separatists invading the planet Kiros, a triglodyte-inhabited world of peaceful colonists. Yoda dispatches help in the form of Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and their respective clones, and they go to liberate the colony. After doing so, they receive a message from the Separatist commander, who Anakin instantly recognizes as a Zangarian slaver, and he shows some emotion that isn't appreciated by the Jedi. Obi-Wan tells Ahsoka of Anakin's past, that he was sold into slavery as a child with his mother, and then goes up to negotiate surrender. Unfortunately, the commander... Darts Dinar has other plans, as he's planted bombs around the city they are in and threatens to detonate them. As Obi-Wan stalls for time, Anakin and Ahsoka defuse the bombs and save the day. Not all is well, however. Although Dinar is captured, the settlers are nowhere to be found, and our heroes are tasked with finding them. So before we get started on our conversation, what were your initial thoughts on this? This episode is very... Similar, okay, I thought this episode was similar to a lot of other episodes we've seen in the Clone Wars. Flashy, had a lot of action, was pretty much pointless, and rather simplified and stupid. We'll go into it more in more detail later on, but a lot of what they did was lazy. Um, it wasn't very good storytelling. They needed to get one point across that there were the Zungarian slave empire was reforming and that Anakin didn't like it very much. And they get that point across in the laziest possible manner. And it just, outside of, okay, Anakin's angry and maybe he'll turn into Darth Vader, though we all know that can't happen until episode three. And, oh, the Zungarians are evil. Zygarians, Zangarians, Troglodytes. Anywho. Togruten. How do you get Troglodyte from Togruta? I play Heroes of Might of Magic 5. I'm in a video game sort of frame of mind. See, I might agree with what you were saying, with except that I think you're forgetting one detail about this whole thing. This is an arc. This isn't a standalone episode. This is the first part of, of a story, which will hopefully culminate in a whole thing about how Anakin has to deal with his, you know, emotions and with his 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 mother mother and and all and all all this this is this was a, I think this was a good first act you know it's setting up this situation now you're gonna, you're gonna say oh it was all mindless action da, da, da. the action was not that long 
how long did it take for them to take up? See, I was going to take the opposite approach. I thought I thought it, did, it took them way too soon to 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 take over. But but over, overall, I don't want to get into details yet. We're not up to that section. But they come in, and I I think it was a good overall se segment. I mean, the whole idea of it was to set up this arc, to set up this, this idea that these slavers are back in business and Anakin is taking a, a personal offense to that and he's going to want to do something about it and I'm sure a lot of emotions are going to get involved and it's going to be an interesting thing to, to see how, how that, that happens. You can't look at this like it's a single episode. You have to look at it like it's an overall thing. Okay, compare this then to the first episode of The Last Arc. Same thing there. They had to establish that General Krell doesn't like clones and might be sending them all to die and that the clones weren't so happy with his orders and all that is established in the first episode but and that they'll still follow his orders but would you say the first episode was entertaining by itself that if that was the only episode you saw you'd actually say alright this was a good episode of the Clone Wars yeah and I think this was a good episode of the Clone Wars too would you say they were equal I think Last Arc is going to be pretty hard, hard to beat. I'm not saying Last Arc. Episode versus episode. First episodes of the arc, which one was better? Oh, again, I think that one was better because that, that whole arc was one of the better, better ones that we've had in the Clone Wars. It doesn't mean that this one's bad because the other one's better. Okay, but so we'll go through details and we'll we'll be arguing the points. You enjoyed this episode. Of course, you're biased. You love the Clone Wars. I don't, I don't enjoy every single episode. You enjoy most of them. Yes, that's the, the idea. The vast but majority. I'm, not, I'm not, not a blind loyalist. No, you're not. But you're a lot more sympathetic to them than I am. I don't really like the Clone at, Wars. I look at, at it with an overall... With an overall... I, I look at it kind kind of like... That we are this om omnipotent being, and we're looking at it through some, you know, video video feed taken by, you know, some om omnipotent being. Okay, you so know, it's we're not like, oh, this is bad storytelling, bad storytelling. This is what happened. We're watching it happen. I try to watch it in universe. All right, so in that case, let's take a look at the episode in universe from our view as an omnipotent, godlike being of ultimate power. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So we start off with Yoda speaking with the administrator of this peace-loving planet that has no weapons and no defenses. Now, here's the thing. This is my first bone that I'm going to pick. We just created the most lovey-dovey, hippie, can-do-no-wrong species in the history of the universe. They have no weapons. They are completely devoted to arts and music and culture. They are completely peaceful, which is fine. Now, for some reason, they are afraid that the war is coming to them, so they make a peace treaty with Dooku. Is that what have happened? Well, we don't really know. All they, we know. He said the word, word invasion. No, no, no. That's not what happened. The... the um, the news feed at the very beginning says the war is threatening even peaceful worlds so that some are forced to change sides. Then he says, Master Yoda, I am sorry, but we are going to take up Count Dooku's offer of a peace treaty if he will t uh, allow us. And then Yoda says, don't do it. They say, no, Dooku's already here. We've already made our decision. Even though... Yet, when Yoda says, send help, he doesn't say, don't bother. He says, since it's too late, separatists are already here. It's kind of like in a forlorn, mournful tone. Like He's happy when Dooku shows up. No, he shows that he's happy. But what happens... It wasn't so much that he was saying, oh, you're invading us, let's have peace. He invited Dooku... The way I saw it was he invited Dooku to come in and negotiate peace. Then Dooku dropped an army of battle droids on his doorstep. Mm. You look at thousands of battle droids, you say, what is this invasion? And Dooku goes, this is no invasion. War is coming and we must be ready. But don't worry, my friend. I will take all of you to a safe place where we will not have to see you for the rest of the episode. We will never even mention the name of your species so that Solomon 
can go and call you troglodytes based on something from Heroes of Might and Magic 5. You know, it's all good. We, we will forget you exist. And then you'll become a minor plot point and hopefully important throughout the series because we just need you so that there's a motivation. You know, Did you not catch that that was Ahsoka's and Shakti's species? Well, they looked similar. And at first I thought, oh, okay, it's Ahsoka's species. And then Ahsoka lands and doesn't say a word about it. She doesn't go, oh, wow, where are my people? Oh, Anakin, this is where I was raised. Oh, Anakin. It wasn't. It's a colony. Uh, oh, Anakin, this is where the peaceful, loving people of my species are. These are my people. I would have loved to, to drop a name. You don't hear it until the end when we need some kind of weight to the moment. We need some reason why we care about a species that we've barely seen. And all we know about them is that they're, they're peaceful, hippie cowards who turned their back on the Republic to go help Dooku. Help him. Well, they're signing a peace treaty with him. What they think they are. Right. And here's what I love about it. So, Dooku is sending an entire invasion fleet. Of course, he's got sinister intentions. He's evil. Okay, I kind of get this. Then, oh, then Yoda sends Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, the entire 501st Legion, a couple of Star Destroyers, that's what they are, all to protect this planet. Now, for once, it isn't a trade route, which is great, but it still is has no military strategic importance that we have been informed of. So I, I was thinking about this, and I'm going to go with the will of the force in this one. They were in the area. I'm just going to go with that they were the nearest one. It took to ten cycles to get in the area. But they don't with say how, how far a cycle. It was fast enough to, and yeah, this is talking about what happens later, to evacuate the entire planet. Plant bombs throughout an entire city. Which means it was fair, but you have to also remember, they're trying to get away from the war, which means that they could have been in the outer, outer rim somewhere. I don't think we're ever actually told where they are. Here's the other problem. If you will remember the first, or sorry, second episode of The Clone War, season one, episode two, The Malevolent. Yeah. Anakin has control of a ship. He wants to take his one ship, go search for a Jedi Master who sits on the council. Massive strategic advantage. But is told, I'm sorry, Anakin, your ship is needed. We don't have the resources. They are constantly being told, we are, don't have the men, we don't have the manpower, we are needed on the front lines, we are stretched thin. This is not stopped. This is not. We have not seen this decrease. The war is getting more and more intense, not less. And you're losing more and more clones that don't just grow on trees. However, oh yeah, they do. Well, that's what I'm saying. It takes ten years. Two thousand units and a million more well on the way. But so if that, you want they're, more, they're if, getting orders. If you want more, it will take ten years to grow them. But they've got their million. Yeah. Like you said. How many died because of General Krell? You have a million clones may sound great. You have to realize in the midst of a war like this, that's nothing. And if you if you go by the um, Republic Commando novels, I know George Lucas wishes we didn't remember them. According to reports, whether this is true or not, they believe the Separatists have billions, if not trillions, of droids. It isn't a case of we can go send you on a mission to go help innocent people that are caught in the war. It isn't like these are people that are part of the Republic who we are trying okay. to protect. Okay. These are people that told Yoda we are leaving the Republic, we are joining the Separatists. And so what does Yoda do? He takes three Jedi, and the Jedi are a rare commodity. Well, they work together. Which is fine, but why do you allocate this resource for a fact-finding okay, mission? Okay, for someone who just told you, we are leaving the Republic and joining your enemies. Okay, I'll answer that in a few things. First, I just looked this up on Wikipedia. I was right. They, um, which well, Kikiris is in the expansion region, or the expansion rim, which is located between the inner rim and, and the mid-mid-rim. So it's it's not... It's not the outer rim, but it's not around the corner. So it was. It is a bit. They're trying to get out of the way so they don't have to worry about you know the war. But also, I have two letters for you. 
PR. It's a message to both sides that we don't let our friends down. We hear that a member of the of the republic is being being attacked. Yet you have no, to, but again, you have to realize this again, about, we it, never it, heard that the <laughs> friend of the republic was being attacked. The message is simple, Yoda. We are leaving the republic. Yoda's response was, that. "We never, we never got that explicitly." They're saying the separatists are come are coming. What, what, what do we, sh- what you know, what should we do? He said, "What is it? What are the first words in the episode?" One of the first, where he says, "You know, the, the truth is that we don't have have a warrior amongst us. We don't have any warriors. So like, what are we? Gonna, they're coming." It, to me, it sounded like it was something like, "Oh, our long range sensors have have picked that, them up. You know, we don't have a warrior. We're going to try to negotiate because we, you know, we're not supposed." He says, "We'll send help," and he says, "Oh, oh, oh it's too too late." There are eighty million colonists on that world. I guess it took them a long time to get there. Now, you did you see those landing ships? 80 million is a kind of a big number. I don't care how many large landing ships you have. 80 million people? That it's 80 million people who are in cages, you presume. Either cages that takes up more cars. space. It isn't a case of, okay, I'm going to force you all into cages so I can move you easily. It's a case of how many ships does it take? To transport that many, how many people can fit on a star destroyer? What is it like, five million or something? I'd say less. And we're not to, we're not talking a star destroyer either. We're talking about troop troop carriers, which is probably going to hold more people because made for for that. It's not going to hold more than five million. And even but, so, okay. okay, we're talking. You're going to need. 20 Star Destroyers to transport people. You need to get them from the planet onto the Star Destroyers. It's going to take a while. But even beyond that, here's my problem. I don't care about this race. No, but you do. Why? Because for a few reasons. We care about these people because... Again, they're part of the Republic. They're being invaded. We help our friends. It's a message to both sides. No, okay, I get why the Republic cares. And even though it's a militarily not the smartest care? thing, but why do I care? You care because if you're smart enough, you can tell that it's Ahsoka's pe- people. So here's the problem. There are too many species that look similar. When I first saw Ahsoka, believe it or not, and I'm a Star Wars fan, I'm the guy that read the EU and everything, I thought she might be a Twi'lek. You know, she has the head tail, she's got a red skin, but there, I've seen green ones, I've seen blue ones, I've seen brown ones. You don't know what species she is necessarily. So while they look similar, they also look very different. You know, the, their head tails are not joined, they're spiking at the top. Maybe we're supposed to assume that it's Ahsoka's people. But they never told us. Uh, when I okay, first oh, saw oh, Ahsoka, okay, when I first saw Ahsoka, I thought Ahsoka might be a Twi'lek. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. I wasn't sure what species she was. This new species, I've never seen them before necessarily. They look similar, but not identical. They've got similar skin colors, but some of them were different colored than Ahsoka. Some were the same. Some were red. They had spiky white uh, head tails instead of the round ones that we've seen Ahsoka have. We don't know that much about her, so I don't know that they're the same species. And Ahsoka never mentions until the very end that they're her people. As a result, I assumed, oh, this isn't her, this isn't where she's from. These aren't her people, because hey, if they were, they'd make a big deal about it. It would actually become a plot point. Well, maybe you just answered your own question. That's why they're not in the episode. Why? Because we're trying to build this up, right? So in the beginning, we're going because. Like I said, PR is a math message. Fine. After that, it doesn't become the point. The point becomes that it's a slaver. The point becomes that we're having this whole huge deal, and we have to, you know, Anakin's gonna go ballistic, and Obi Wan knows that Anakin's gonna go ballistic. Ahsoka, yeah, you know. But the, the, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's the story. But here's the problem. We bring in these people, we introduce them, then we make them go away, and I found them absolutely pointless. The only reason to have them is to create a little bit of false tension. 
and to set up a plot point for the next couple episodes. However, there were better ways to do it. It's what I was saying. It's lazy writing. I'm going to introduce a species that we're not going to see for the rest of the episode so that I can set up that they're all going to be kidnapped. And I'm going to use them to create a little bit of false tension when we don't care about this species. You want to make this mean something to me? When, when Ahsoka shows up, mention that this is her home world. I guarantee. Yeah, if, if they said it was her home home world, you would say, oh, how, how convenient. I mean, you can no, do that game either we're way. We're finally seeing her people. Yes, maybe I would have said convenient, but I would have cared. I would have cared now, oh, these are Ahsoka's people, she's returned home to find her entire civilization missing, why isn't she looking for them? I don't know, but, you know, this would that would have given it weight. This is Ahsoka's homeworld, her family, her friends, they've all disappeared, they were put in, da in danger by the Separatists. Okay, I want them to be saved because I care about Ahsoka, or at least the average viewer does. <laughs> I think she's an annoying brat. <laughs> so. Anymore. You're right. She's a very big annoying brat. <laughs> Alright, well let's let's step up in, in the up in the episode to give us more more things to scream at yes. each other about. Anakin Obi Wan Ahsoka show up and all the colonists are missing. No um no, right. They they come up, they they come down. So I say they were the closest you know, in, in the area, which would make sense because they're usually sent out if you will say as kind of the flagship out into the furthest places. This would be, you know, we're showing, you know, the Republic's... Which is fine. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. They were the closest. I'll, I will con um, concede that point. I will even accept the fact, okay, that's why they were there, and Yoda decided, okay, we need a PR thing, even though they don't say any of this. They don't. I and they don't even try to justify it at all. This is, we're the good guys, and we're going to do the good guy thing. But... We'll pretend that all your real reasoning went on behind stage, behind this uh, stage. Okay. Okay. Fine. So they get there, and then they retake the they retake take the capital in a actually fairly short action sequence compared to what I was expecting. But again, I found this a pointless action sequence. What's pointless about recapturing territory? So here's my problem: if this territory was actually captured. There should have been something that would have given them a little bit of a problem. Be it one lone turret that's holding them down for 30 seconds. Something that looks very impressive. And then Anakin and Ahsoka look at each other and, Anna and Ahsoka jumps up and she slices through a beam. And the beam falls and it's and, and, and uh, Rex shoots it and it pivots and it spears the robot. That would have been great. Something impressive. Some new piece of tech. Some new droid. Those bikers were But I've seen bikers and I've seen those droids. You put those same old droids on on the bikes and easily kill them. That isn't impressive. You show up a giant worm thing like we had in the last arc. You show a cool flying ships zipping around you and for, you know, kill, kill six or seven clones and then you quickly counter it. It shows something, but what you had here was, and look, you're going to argue with me on this. Anakin, Anakin, Ahsoka, Rex, and um, Obi-Wan are the only ones we ever see actually fight. A lot of lasers are being shot, but we never actually see a clone shoot them. If you watch, they're always in the background. A whole army of clones on speeder bikes and little AT-ATs or ATSTs, and they're all running around. But all you ever see is those clones die. Characters with character shields, main character shields, survive. Main character shields also give them, I guess, the ability to actually fire their weapons and use their lightsabers to kill things. And everything else is just there to look pretty and die. And I, and a couple of them do, and I found it boring. I was yawning as I watched this. There was no tension. There was nothing impressive about it. We show up. The city is empty. We go. Where, you know, there's a quick line which I love. Where are the colonists? Oh, I hope we don't see them. They'll just get in the way. We don't really need to worry about them till later on. They're not important to this part of the plot. <laughs> and I mean, that, and that's what they said, right, Sam? Um, to that point. I mean. Yes, he finally admits it. I am correct. But yeah, gotta happen once in a while. Yes, 
and then you get this little brief skirmish and yes it's not long it's a couple of minutes but again nothing has happened in this episode but, but you know why I think and and here's what I'm thinking so first of all they've heard many people like you complain about how old the action sequences are so pointless and okay we're gonna make it a small action sequence not that long you just gotta take it over now why is it so poorly done because all the troops left to guard the to guard the 50 million, 80 million, whatever it was. Then Colin. why is someone still there? The guy's still there because, well, that's the thing. He's the, he's talk, he's talking to those guys when they come in. And he's saying, oh, oh you know, so, you know, you know, why are you still... They ask, they say, why are you still there? And he said, oh, I'm going to make them pay for... Which, again, it felt cheap. Everything in the previous arc, which is why I liked the previous arc, I found it enjoyable, felt authentic. All the motivations seemed real. The villain's motivation in that arc was, I have just figured out that I have seen through the Force that the Jedi are going to lose and I want to be on the winning side. It's all really well thought out and everything there seems real and authentic. Here, nothing does. We have a species that we could possibly care about, but right now we don't, that have disappeared. Dooku is his regular evil self. And barely in this episode. Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and Rex are awesome, as always, and quickly dispatch anything in their paths. To the point that now we have reached, you know, a good ten minutes into the episode, and I don't feel like we've accomplished anything. Oh, yes. Uh, the Separatists came and created a uh, stronghold here, which our guys came and very quickly defeated, so it wasn't that strong a hold. At which point... You know, now now we're ready for the meat of the of the show, but nothing has happened, and I'm losing interest and about to change the channel to go watch Teletubbies because it has a better plot. Mm, I don't buy it, and I'll tell you why. Were you on the edge of your seat during this? During this Boy. action sequence, for one second, were you at all in fear for your character's life? Were you all going, okay, it's okay, a race so against yeah. the clock. Are they going to find the colonists? Were you going, wow, this is, I haven't seen, I want to buy that action figure. Oh, look at this. I really hope they make that as a Lego, a Lego to rebuild that ship or that droid. Or can I get a model of that or a statue? Or that's a really cool visual. Did any of that jump out at you? Did you ever think, wow, that was awesome? Not everything will. That wasn't the point of this episode. This episode... Well, first of all, those sniper droids were pretty... Uh... We'll discuss the sniper droids when we discuss the sniper droids. But... However, I'm saying we're, we're a third of the way through the episode. Okay. You have to establish... This is the beginning. This is what I mean by lazy story writing and just not doing a very good job and making it boring. There was nothing in it to actually make me invested in the story. There was nothing in it to grab my attention and say, this is going to be good. You watch the previous arc, they are literally landing on, they land, they land in this world in the midst of a massively awesome, intricate gunfight. Incredible action. Then Anakin is sent away and his troops are handed over to a new general who immediately starts throwing their lives away. I'm going, wow, this is a cool dynamic. I'm interested, want to see more. And their visuals and the action okay, is okay, cool. Okay. No, wait, wait, wait. I want to say one other thing. Okay. Going back to the season premiere, another three-parter. Yeah. How does that begin? It begins with Padme coming to try to negotiate a truce between two people because of a uh, recently deceased king, a giant recently new murdered. alien, murdered, but <clears throat> we don't know that at the time, a new alien that everyone thought was fascinatingly cool, I call him the Jaws alien, but still, he looked fairly interesting, and immediately, within the first two minutes, a declaration of civil war, followed by basically the beginning of a civil war with massively intricate attacks and again a giant shark biting people's heads off it's an attack it, that it is it's a trap it's an attack it's and an it's attack. a lot of other things and we saw admiral akbar again within the first three minutes i was invested this is admiral akbar these are the mon calamari species that i'm aware of this um 
a battle that I'm interested in, that I feel invested because it's a civil war and I want this prince. We'll discuss it at some point. But, you know, I kind of, I hope this prince is able to reunite his people. I want the civil war to turn out well. Padme is there. And she actually looks like she might be in danger. Oh, this could, I actually care what is going to happen. In this case, I don't care at all. You haven't done anything to make me interested. And if I was picking up a book written like this I, at a bookstore, I would put it down and move on to the next one. Okay, so you want to know what, what, what did it? What? You want to know what book got it for me? What? The slavering angle. Okay, so now we're a third in, and we get the slaver angle. This is the first time we're going to get something interesting, and it's the only really interesting thing in the entire story. The Zangarian Slave Empire and... Zygarian. Zygarian. I'm sorry, my, my pronunciation is not always great. See, I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. It makes me sound like an idiot, but I don't care. This is Clone Wars, and in Clone Wars, we have this wonderful guy named Misa Jar Jar Binks which makes me seem like Oxford professor. As a result, I don't feel like I have to be very sophisticated, but... So you bring yourself down to the level of Jar Jar, right? No, I'm still way above Jar Jar. He just lowers the bar so that my bar is still high enough. Okay, so okay, so let's move, move in. So what's, what's going on? First of all, I have a point I, I want to get to. This I, I think will go fast because I think you'll agree with me. Okay. What's wrong with him? Anakin's never told you about his past, have you? Only to tell me that he won't talk about it. So then he goes and tells her? I... What? What right do you have to go and... I mean, I was I was just thinking just from... Just from the standpoint of, you know, friends. I mean, can you imagine? Because, well, okay. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. I kind of see this as Obi-Wan took one look at Anakin and said, listen, I can't keep an eye on him now, and Ahsoka's going to. And he sees Ahsoka almost like Anakin's adopted daughter. Which and he, and he's you. the big uncle. Okay. They're a family, and what he's saying is, Ahsoka, I'm not going to go into the details. I'm not going to give you all the juicy tidbits. I'm not going to tell you that his mother was killed. I'm not going to tell you any of that. What I'm just going to say is he was a slave. He's going to take this badly. Keep an eye on him and make sure he gets home safe. He didn't have to say that. He could have said, aha, well, it's not my place to tell you, but you should know that he's going to get emotionally involved in this. That's all he has to say. What he's doing is he wants... Yes, but he's afraid. He's afraid Anakin's going to jump off the handle. And as a result, he's saying he's going to be twitchy because it's slavers because he was a slave. Keep an eye out for that. It's like when you tell someone, vaguely, you want to tell someone to watch out for a friend of yours. You can be very vague about it, but then they're going to miss warning signs. So then it's too late, and they jump in front of the guy, and they get hit by the car, or their friend, get, or the friend they can't get the friend out of the way in time. Whatever the case, it isn't good. But you tell them to watch out for the warning signs, that he's going through the first stages of Alzheimer's and occasionally loses his memory and wanders out into the street, so that when he does get that somewhat little blank expression... You can, and you see him wandering toward the sidewalk, you stop him then, instead of telling him, just keep an eye out for my grandfather, you know, you, you know, just make sure he's safe. Well, that's fine, but as the guy is walking toward the side of the street, I'm going to think he's fine, because, hey, he's just going for a walk. And as he's going off the curb straight into traffic, that's when I jump down, Grab him and while, while twisting him out of the way, get hit, get winged by a car, and have to go to the emergency room. That I think is why this is happening, and because they're so close, he's able to say this. I, also, it's a children's cartoon, and they have to right. remind, people remind people that Anakin was a slave. A slave. My problem is this: they see a Zangarian. And immediately, it's a slaver. Yeah, I was thinking about that. This is your typical Star Wars. Just, yeah, well, it's like it's like I once read an article on StarWars.com. If a character in a Star Wars movie says, I like cake, 
So suddenly, his entire family will be cake bakers. His entire species will be well known for their cake baking ta talents. And you know, for <laughs> and C three PO will have to go off and find berries to put on top of the cake. Exactly. Yes. I, I, that, that is just how Star Wars works. That's, but for me, again, it's lazy writing. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but there is a fantastic science fiction publisher called Tor. Tor ran a writer's workshop that my mother went to. And they specifically said, do not use generalities like this. Do not have a ice planet or a desert planet because it never works for in your sci-fi writing. The only exception that proves the rule is Star Wars, the most successful science fiction franchise in existence. But it never works anywhere else. Why does it work for Star Wars, though? Nowadays, because it's Star Wars, and they can get away with it. All Zungarians are evil, mustache-twirling, villainous slave lords. I'm not thinking that. See, I'm not thinking that. I'm, okay, I'm, you're right, you're right to, to a point. I mean, you're definitely right to a point. Like I said, Star Wars does that. Once again, I'm right, I'm right twice in one day. Okay, the whole stereotyping thing... It does happen, but this one actually didn't bother me as much as, as some others, because it's very possible that, you know, they said, I mean, this was their thing, Zygarian Slave Empire, and the whole episode is saying, the Zygarian Slave Yeah, but Empire. how long ago did this happen? They don't say. They but, don't okay, so here's the thing. Episode one, you're the expert. Slavery has been outlawed in the Republic. Yes. Does it say how long? No. The so, Republic the Republic and the anti-slavery law. Right. Well, for a while at least, at least uh, as long as Padme's lifespan. And on top of that, they say the Jedi came and, and stopped it. The Jedi have been around for a thousand years, so it stands to reason it's been a thousand years since they were able to run their slave trade. So here's how, how I see it. He comes in, he sees Anakin, you know, I'm going to say that he wasn't sold by a Zygarian... Slave. No, he was sold by the Huts. He was sold to the Huts. No, he was sold by the Huts. To Watto. No. Watto wanted from a Hut. My mother was yeah. Our, our, my mother was sold to Gargadillo the Hut, but she lost us better than the pot races. So so okay, I'm with you there. They weren't sold by Zangarians. But you have to assume that you knew about. Any, anyone and all slavery. Zungarians are slavers. This no, is the Star no, Wars universe. No, but I'm but saying, you see a Zungarian not walking down the street, but taking over a town. And suddenly what happens? There's no one here. Someone like Anakin can put two and two together. Okay, I'm going to disprove you right now. If that was the case, number one priority would be find the colonists. It would have been. You have to realize, this episode is very different than most and that we pretty much see it in real time. This yes. episode is pretty, this doesn't happen very often. This entire episode could have taken place over the course of what an hour, maybe. No, but here's the thing. Anakin is told he says, I'm gonna go get that slaver. No. Go he and find for me. He, he asked for me. You've gotta go find the colonists. He doesn't go, Okay, I'll, I'm right on it. He says, Okay, get someone else to do it. No. Okay, then no. He's not being. No. He's all. No, did it sound right. like he was I'll taking. Get, I'll get you, Lauren, to do a planet wide scan. What yeah, but he says it dismissively. He literally says it as in. Because it's a dismissive thing to do. Fine. And then immediately <laughs> says, all right, we have be better things to do than that. We'll find no, some bombs. No, 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 no. No, no. He says he's going to do, do, do the planet wide scan. Let me, let me put this into Star Trek terms because this, is, I think, is the most tech techno babble full Star Wars episode I've ever seen. Yay! Um, so let, let me slide into Star Trek terms for this. There's an away team down on the planet, and they find, you know, and, and, and there's no one, no one there. And they see that there's signs, you know, of resistance, da -da -da, whatever, fit, fit it in however you want. What's the first thing that's going to happen? I'm going to, and I'm going to keep this series generic. Um, and scan so, for life signs. Say, say scan for life. What does that mean? Go with your tricorder and go, do, 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 no life signs in this? No, you go, you know, away team to ship. Um, you know, ops scan the plant planner for, for life forms. You mean for life forms? You tiny little life forms. You precious little life forms. 
Where are you? Yes, Mr. Tricorder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, right? So, no, so he says, okay, fine. He says, dismiss it because, okay, you know, okay, because he just want, he wants to do something. And by saying, go find them, he basically, Obi-Wan knew that there's nothing for him to do. Except to tell Admiral Yularen to run a planet, planet, you know, life, it's life. Just, it's a case but of. Then, but then, no, no, because let me tell you what you're mixing it up with. You're saying that later when they find the bomb, that he says we don't have time to do a planet-wide. Because right now they're running a planet-wide search for life forms. You want them to stop and recalibrate to search, search for these bombs, and then it has to narrow the beam. And then, then notice R two can can do it because it, we know it's in this immediate air area. The problem is the way he's saying it, the way he's asking because he for it. He wants to go after that guy. No, Everyone's no, telling, telling which is him fine. But again, the way he's saying to search for these colonists, you show up in a in a place that is deserted, and the response from Anakin also is, "Oh, don't worry, we just want them out of our hair." He doesn't have a response. He doesn't say anything in that exchange. It's Ahsoka and Obi Wan. I mean, think about it, because the, the entire time, I mean, look, imagine if you were Anakin, right? Imagine you're Anakin, you get down there, and you see this guy who you, you assume is a traitor. You might be right, you might be wrong, you're probably, you, you're probably right, and turns out you are right. So this guy's a slave traitor. Could even be that this, that this particular Zygerian was, was known to be a, a slave trader. So he then, then, so he goes and says, "Oh, this guy! I want to get him, and I'm gonna." And you're trying to control yourself, you know, like Obi Wan told Ahsoka, and again struggled with his past. You're trying to to control yourself, but it's, it's. I mean, this is it. This is, you know, your your mother's dead because she was sold into slavery, and you can go into the whole thing. And then Obi Wan says, "Oh, you know, he well, he calls for for me by name." And probably thinking to himself, "Thank God he did, because otherwise Anakin would be up there, and he." pull a episode 2 Dooku thing so he goes up he's doing his thing and then he tells Anakin go find find the colonists and Anakin's going like go get the colonists I want to go after the slaver and this evil and this didn't and Anakin's base and Obi-Wan's basically telling him to no go tell the ship to do a planet-wide sweep for life forms and he's kind of I think the submissiveness of his voice was him trying to control his his emotions because he was so uptight and so inside he was seething he was trying to control himself as a Jedi, Jedi should that he just you know so he you know toned down and overcompensated so by doing that he sounded very okay fine I'll have Admiral Yularen do it okay Admiral Yularen you don't really hear him giving the order in fact that's when they kind of cut and you see him being all you know you wonder what he's saying to him, but you know. So then he goes and gives his uh, you know, tell 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 Ahsoka, and then you know, then go, go, goes on on with that. But then you see, once Anakin's able to do something, and they have to go after these bombs, and they're all, you know, you see him. He perks right back up, and he's back to his old self, and he's going on, and he's, you know, and he's d d doing all all this uh, stuff. Sounds so, good. Okay, good. So, we we are running out of time, so I, I want want to move move on. I just just want to touch touch on a couple couple of things. Um, first of all, the bombs. You made a comment when we were watching this t together that oh, and Anakin, you just go swish swish and they're they're done. I'll t I'll tell you that didn't bother me for one reason. It's Anakin. Because it's Anakin, his luck is his educated guess was exactly what, what, what it was. I mean, because I mean, he didn't need anything more. The problem he is... He knows all this stuff. He's pretty big no, no. sense. It's electronics. It's there was a much better line that could have been used. Ahsoka goes, how did you know that would work, Master? And he goes, trust... It. And he says, trust I trust the Force. He says, I trusted my instincts. He says, oh, you know. This is a, a, in other words, you guessed. Yeah, no, you say, listen, we're Jedi, I, I trusted the Force, it said to slash, I slashed. They use no, that in the novels, they use that in the EU all the time. But he doesn't want Ahsoka getting that idea just yet, because if she does that something she doesn't know about, she could very well make the wrong, wrong decision. Instead, he makes This is the deal. animated cartoon, we're not going that deep. It isn't the EU. I like to think things think What's more, they deep. are trained to do that. That's what the Padawans are supposed to do. 
<laughs> Master Yoda tells me to be to be weary of my. Uh, How old was, was Obi Wan? Eighteen? Nineteen? How old is Ahsoka supposed to be? Fourteen. She was fourteen in the beginning, so figures she's about that sixteen now. Yeah, and every month in the Clone Wars ages you about twelve. She's been in there for at least six months, so it's about six years additionally. So she's older than Obi <laughs> than Obi Wan. <laughs> I mean, you were the one who told me this, not on the air, obviously, but last season. She, at the end of last season, she at the sure, season finale, sure. you were saying that she was ready to become a knight. I was saying that that would have been an awesome way, way to start off, yes. If she's ready for that, she was ready to <clears throat> be mindful of your feelings. But there's mindful of your feelings, and there's just, there's just being an idiot. I don't care how good you're... you're so you're saying it. Anakin was being an idiot? No, because Anakin knows his stuff. When it comes to this, is his field. That's why he was making a guess. That's why he was able to make a correct, educated guess. Because he wasn't just randomly slashing. He was slashing... Honestly, by the time this bomb plot was going on, I had checked out. I didn't care. <coughs> I really hadn't. I had pretty much already figured out, the colonists aren't here. The colonists are gone. Why did I think that? Because Dooku said he was taking them somewhere safe. We have slavers. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I put two and two together. But. But I think they had to build up the idea that these people were dangerous. They were smart. And they had a personal vendetta. Ah. Well, they built up the personal vendetta part. Because it destroys the smart part. I am a very intelligent man. So what will I do? I will ignore this obvious message that my plan is in jeopardy. I will act completely out of emotion. And I will get completely and utterly owned by the Jedi. So he's emotional, but he's still smart. Not really. I think so. What is he, more... He had Obi-Wan. If not for Anakin and Ahsoka, and Ahsoka doing the Anakin and Ahsoka thing, he may very well have succeeded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. If it was just Obi-Wan, he had him right where he wanted I guess he forgot that there was a massive army camped around his tower. That didn't make a difference. He defused the bombs. I mean, not defused. He detonated By the them way, and cleared them all out. did you notice that all the houses were shaped like the heads of that species? <laughs> not until you mentioned it. But then you went back and it, yeah, it's just like their architecture was based off of their... Uh, See, I think that's where the colonists were. They took them and they like, blew into their necks to blow up their heads, and that's how they set up the city. <laughs> You know, Bobblehead City. <laughs> They're just sitting there with their horns. It's a special ability of the species. If you blow into a hole in the back of their neck, the heads blow up and go poof, and you get big houses. <clears throat> no one realized it. But well, wait. That that means that when he said there were no there were no um, there were no villagers in, in in that structure, but there might have been. That means that the there were no no colonists in that structure. The colonists they were a was colonist the structure. Was the structure? <laughs> but two points from this scene, because again, this was the big scene of the episode. You know, the the massive fight, and now there's a clock, and we've got to get the bombs. Two things. First off. They deal with sniper droids. It's the only new thing we've really seen this episode. I think we've seen the speeder the speeder bike droids before, and even if you hadn't, well, you've not, seen the droids and you've seen the bikes. So yeah, yeah, but you didn't see that little swivel back gun thing. Yeah, that but I, but that actually exists in real life on like motorcycles. Again, nothing all that exciting. Sniper droids were kind of cool. They also exist in real life. True, but you don't. But again, they're not something you normally see in real life. I, I guess so. Um, the sniper droid was cool, but what I didn't like was this was a perfect time for Ahsoka to turn to Anakin and go, "Sniper droids, what do we do?" And Anakin looked at her and go, "Use the Force, my Padawan. Pick it up and turn it around, <laughs> yeah. or just turn it to its side. Make them face each other. Then smash them together a couple times, or as they're facing each other, slash them with lightsabers. So many. Yeah. They have the Force. You can move these guys around. These guys are, don't have Force dampeners inside them, and they are fixed in a specific location. They can't move. Yeah, I have to agree with you on this. I was thinking the same thing. I was I was thinking, oh, this is going to be good. I'm thinking, oh, they're pinned down. I was thinking, oh, this is hilarious. They think they're pinned down. All they have to do is use the force. And it's, 
The only retcon I can possibly think of is that when you're pinned down and you hear the blaster fire and you're getting all this, like it's right there and it's tripping with the rock that you just you can't concentrate. If you read but, the EU, you know that's completely doesn't work. What the way you're supposed to use? You're assuming Dave Filoni has read the EU. Well, this entire story arc is based on the EU. It's based on a comic in the clo- of on the Clone Wars. Mm, they kidnapped. Uh, that comic is EU. So yes, I think he's read at least a little bit of the EU. Or at least the writer of this episode has. True, but and if he hasn't, shame on him. But here's the important stuff. I watched the fight between Obi Wan and Dart. And at first I thought, this is kind of cool. Dart is stronger than a normal human, and so he's throwing him around, and this is kind of cool. And then I began to realize, wow, this looks like a game from Mortal Kombat. And then I began to realize, wait a minute. There's not a single drop of blood. And I get it, it's a cartoon. But then none of their clothes are torn. None of their hair is ruffled. Their eyebrows don't get muffled. There isn't a crink in their lip. They look exactly the same. At the end, Dart, uh, my good lord Dart, the slave lord, picks Obi-Wan up for, forgive the Mortal Kombat lingo, a fatality blow, smashing him into the ground, and he looks like exactly, when he gets up, Obi-Wan looks exactly the same as he did at the beginning of the fight. Now, you could say this is an animation thing. But I've recently been playing a wonderful game called um, Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe. I'm a comic book guy. I like video games. It was fun. And this game is programmed for, as you play it, to show signs of injury. So the technology definitely exists. You have to realize that that game has to actually have, when you hit the following moves on the guy, it makes the following thing look like this. All Dave Filoni has to do is say, I want you, when you're drawing him, to make the following little, you know, cuts in his clothes appear. Make him have a black eye. You know, just change the way he looks from scene to scene. You know, you don't have to do anything all that clever with it. But the thing is, again, it's lazy story writing. Just make them look identical because those are the only character models we have developed. It's why they always wear the same clothes. It's why they're always the same exact things. And no offense, it made the fight boring. <laughs> you know, I'm punching you, I'm kicking you, and it's having no visible effect. And that's why these games take four years to write. They don't take four years. Three years, two years, it's still... It depends on the game. MMORPGs do. Because of that... I found this whole sequence pretty boring. I know Anakin and Ahsoka are going to succeed. I know that Obi-Wan is, lure, is luring him to a false sense of security because this is the identical type of plan that he used in the movie. I'm here to negotiate. I surrender. I'm your prisoner. We're going to talk. Then I use the force and I defeat you and then you run away. Oh, wow. And yeah, it worked, but at the same time, I've seen it, done it, Lazy, boring writing. Do something new. I think this was pretty new. I, I, I guess I guess this is what you would call a classic episode. So when I first hear, or when I first watch an episode of a show, I kind of like to think, hmm, is this a typical show or something going on? So, I, so I've, I saw one episode, you know, when I was a kid, of Buzz Lightyear's Star Command. Basically, the one episode of Buzz Lightyear Star Command that I saw, Buzz Lightyear was falsely accused of murder, and he was put on trial, and it was a whole story of trying to find the real person responsible, and all his friends who were basically forced to arrest him, and then wanted to help him, and etc. So, the point was that I decided that that was not a typical episode, because that's not something that would happen in a typical thing. It's not a typical story. That's a very, you know, that's a special type of episode. A typical a, a typical episode, I figure, would probably be where there, were, there was a bad guy and they have to chase him down and then they, they get him. Whatever. So I, I would say that this is a typical episode. You have your action sequence. You have your, your, your character moment. You have your, you know, you, you have your 
Obi-Wan being nice and cute with the bad guy and, you know, the bad guy being, well, a bad guy. Yeah, let's talk about this bad guy for a second. All he was missing was a mustache to twirl. He was the classic cartoon, <laughs> I'm evil, I've got a big cigar in one hand and a mustache to twirl with my, the other hand. I'm stroking a little kitty cat. He was stroking the owl like a little cat. He's like, he is your classic, stereotypical, cartoony, James Bond villain. Looking for one million dollars. He's evil. I was waiting for him to go. And now, Mr. Obi-Wan, I shall cut you in half with this laser. And then, my ingenious plan will detonate bombs all over the world, causing a global earthquake. They will drop your friend Anakin and Ahsoka into a giant swimming pool full of killer piranhas and deadly sharks. And your buddy Rex... Oh, don't worry. My friend will kill him with a hat with a metal rim. <laughs> if that doesn't work, I have another friend whose jaw has been replaced by steel jaws and will bite him in the jugular vein. And if all else fails, there's always the nuclear option. You see, I have created satellites all over this world wired with nuclear bombs and I shall have them all drop right on top of your head and explode. <laughs> that was the type of villain he was to the point that at the very end after they catch him he goes into the villain monologue explaining his evil dastardly plan to everybody about how they're going to sell everyone at a slave auction. No! Evil villain 101 don't tell the good guys your plan. It's not a good idea. It's bad, actually. I know you're a bad guy, but that's a bad idea. The bad guys are supposed to be sophisticated and smart. <laughs> this guy... Oh, there was, gosh. And the thing is, like this, it really is. It's the classic stereotypical villain. Lazy writing. I can take this character and fit him into any show. I can take this storyline and fit it into any show. There was nothing to make me invested. There was nothing to make me excited. And at the very end, I love how they have to make this important. You know, we have to make the, you invested now. So now all of a sudden, it's Ahsoka's people. Now all of a sudden, they're all going to be sold into slavery. And most important, as Yoda said, <clears throat> slavery has always been an ally of the Sith. That's what he said. What did he say? He said... That they, like slavery is like a good excuse for the Sith, or something like that. Like, or through through slavery, the ascension of the Sith. Or but I don't get that because it's evil and they're evil. Well, there's a lot of evil in the world. Why is slavery singled out? And if it's something specific about slavery, explain what. I guarantee you, we're not going to hear anything about that next time. It's just oh, slavery is evil. Sith are evil. So the two of them go together like peanut butter and jelly. No, because there's evil for your own good, whatever it is. It's something like, like slavery, if you take other people's lives and have and you completely throw away, th you basically completely throw them away. They have no, they have no uh, use for for you at all. Identity theft. It brings forth the age of the Sith. <laughs> Seriously, I take your identity. I destroy your credit. No, but I make you lose your house. You, you have trouble buying things. I destroy you. Yeah, but you, you don't. I don't think anyone consciously realizes that when, when they do it. Very few people anyway. You think the slavers are thinking, ah, yes, yes. ah, these people yes, are living. They're physically kidnapping these people, and, and they're physically stealing your identity. No, no, they don't see you. They don't. Look. We are running late, yes. so I'm going to wrap this up now. What are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are we have to wait and see. If this were, were a movie, you would not storm out a a after tw 20 mi minutes be because of this. You wouldn't be, be saying, you'd, you know, you'd be, you know, it would go by fairly quickly and say, okay, here, here's a buildup, and you probably wouldn't even think, you probably wouldn't even be thinking about it. You'd go in and say, 
you know, okay, we'll see how the rest pro progresses. So, I'd say we wait and see. If they don't make any mention of this in the future, and uh, maybe you're right, this is just a complete and utter waste of time, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a build-up, and if we when we come back at the end of this arc, I don't know if it's going to be a three-parter or a four-parter or a two-parter or a whatever, I think I think we're going to look back and we're going to be able to say, you know, this whole story as a whole wasn't that bad. You know, maybe it took some build-up, maybe the build-up was a little slow, maybe we're going to say, oh, instead of spending time on this, they could have taken less time of that, or something to that effect. But I think overall, it really depends on how they play out the rest of the the arc. How about how about you? What, what do you have to say? Honestly, maybe you're right. Maybe after the full arc comes out, I'll say this was a good episode. But at least right now, there was nothing in this to make me excited. There was nothing in this to catch my attention. There was nothing in this to make me think, oh, this is a good story. I found it hackneyed, I found it lazy, and most of all, as my good friend Jack Black and Will Ferrell would say... You're boring. Yeah, I think that about sums up my view. Back to you, Sam. And with that, I would like to thank Solomon for joining me today to discuss this episode. I'm afraid we did have to cut it a bit, a bit short, but I think we got pretty much the main point points, and uh, hope you you enjoyed it. So, for two geeks in a Sarlacc pit, I'm Sam, and I'm Solomon, and now and forever, Han always shot first. <laughs>